0: What's up y'all the just Noise boys are back it's a new week it's a new discussion and golly gee things have gotten worse <laughs> uh i mean well personally fine worldwide fucked um, yeah so but we're, we're here to you know maybe hopefully uh you'll forget about it now that you're listening to us <laughs> talk about other things talking to cool people uh we'll get to that later on um we're talking to a lot of boys tonight. I think uh, I think it might be a long one again. Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, as always, what's new? What's going on? Uh, yeah, not too much. Well, I mean, actually, I guess there is some new stuff. So uh, tomorrow was supposed to be my wedding, and uh, that's not happening anymore because of COVID-19, obviously. So, we've known that it was going to be postponed for quite a while now. Like, months ago, we told everyone um, that it wasn't happening anymore, which really fucking sucks. Uh, so, tomorrow is going to suck for that reason, uh, among other personal reasons that I don't need to talk about right now. But, yeah, it's been uh, not not great for me. But, you know, other than that, most things are still about the same. Um, should have some more new gear coming in that'll be you know make for some cool new videos hopefully kind of get me more motivated to do that again because i've been i feel i i don't think i've been slacking but i've just been i don't know just i think i said this last time too like i haven't had as much motivation to make content right now for a a multitude of reasons some of which are obvious and affect everyone around the world and some are personal so it's just been been a little bit of a a little bit of a uh, what's the word like a lull. like a, a a valley or like a lull like a peak yeah. in the valley it's, it's the valley yeah, yeah this, is, but, this is
0: the same conversation we had last week yeah so, pretty much but, uh, i mean we did do uh, a new video that um, yep. i have as a topic that we'll we'll discuss um later on after this but uh yeah i mean it, it sucks about the wedding thing we were obviously all looking forward to that yeah doesn't mean doesn't mean you're not going to get married no um it just means we have to wait a whole a whole lot longer but
1: yeah you know, we're postponing we gotta, it a full year uh so just to hopefully play it on the safe side because nobody really knows when it's going to open back up again so that's right. that's the plan right now at least well golly gee it's
0: gonna be such a high profile wedding so many <laughs> so many you know metal coral royalty is going to be there oh, yeah for sure we're, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a great time in a year uh when that happens yeah um <laughs> yeah no i mean in terms of like you know the creative side of things and kind of being stuck it's it's kind of hard i don't know it's 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 hard and it isn't because there's a lot of stuff to write about especially if like you're a lyricist will say like there's definitely a lot of fuel for that fire Mm -hmm. but um you also kind of like you know when stuff like this happens to you put everything into perspective and you kind of like you know, kind of put all of that aside, all of your social media, you know, your business plans and all of that kind of stuff and promoting yourself, you kind of realize that maybe isn't necessarily important right now. And yeah, for sure. Taking a step back is probably, you know, for the better for now. And maybe after this is done, you know, something will change and you'll be making videos like
1: crazy again. So who knows? Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know that's that's pretty much it for me. How about how about yourself, Johnny?
0: Um What's new? Uh I mean, I don't know. I I got uh, we got a new place. Yeah. Which is great uh cuz we were, you know, looking quite a bit uh all around Vancouver to try and find stuff that was within our budget. And for anybody that doesn't know uh Vancouver's, I mean, living situation in terms of renting and buying houses is absolutely fucked. It's fucked. Pretty much banking on a recession if you ever want to buy a place in Vancouver. <laughs> unless you're like andrew and you want to live further out yeah. um but like yeah it's the same thing with renting it's it's fucked the place that we're in now in terms of price, is, is great and square footage is great but it's a lot of other issues um that uh have kind of you know taken us to our uh the brink of wanting to be here we've been here for charlie's been here for five i've been here for like about the same amount of time so this new place we found is dope it's in a good area it's uh it's on top of a storefront on a main street, which I'm kind of cool to get into. It might be like a different feel completely, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also going to be super different living in an apartment versus a basement suite. Um, yeah, exactly. Like when I lived in an apartment for a year, it definitely felt way different. Um, hopefully it's a good thing for you guys. Uh, obviously the main concern is you, got, you and uh, Charlie are both vocalists. So uh, the whole noise yeah. aspect of things is always going to be potentially a problem no matter where you move so hopefully you got some chill neighbors or soundproofing situation or something like that but yeah
0: my my goal and not to delve too much into what's happening at our current place but my goal is to kind of have a more open line of communication between us and our neighbors Mm -hmm. um for stuff like noise problems um because like i've I've mentioned before like if you don't listen to metal and you hear somebody screaming (laughs) in the next room I yeah. totally get how that could be shocking <laughs> you know what i mean i get how like that's a foreign noise and you're like what the fuck is that yeah uh, definitely I would, I would like it if that would stop um, but i can't stop so uh, i just want to maybe uh you know be a lot more considerate when it comes to that and i have to soundproof and you yeah. know do all that a lot more which is fine i'm i'm cool to do that it'll just be a project but we yeah, got a enough time that's you know pretty much um yeah yeah so that's kind of the big thing we move on july 1st and uh in the meantime um am heading back to penticton for about a week um hanging out there just to see my mom and some fam and mm-hmm. just kind of not do music stuff for a bit just kind of chill recharge and then come back and do the whole move and yeah that's that's uh i mean for the most part that's pretty much it
1: i'm sure it'll be like nice to have a little mini vacation before moving because i mean even though you know Moving's really not that bad but it's still stressful nonetheless even if you do it all in one day it's just like it's a lot of shit especially in your case where you haven't moved in like four or five years like that's a lot of stuff to pack up and move and unpack and you know it's not like it's fun to move but
0: no it's not nothing about it is fun i did it a lot when i first uh lived in vancouver too i jumped around from a few places and in less than a year or two years or whatever and it was just god damn i hate doing this yeah but uh i mean it's got to get done and then yeah you just kind of like a long-term plan so yeah
1: well hopefully you can stick it out at this new place for quite a while as well and it's uh worth the move yeah yeah um but yeah that's that's i guess pretty much it with both of us i i I would say unless anyone else (laughs) (laughs) any of the other andrews behind you got something to say yeah what uh (laughs) uh,
0: yeah so just for topics between us um i think i i really wanted to actually discuss the whole black lives matter thing um of course with you uh because we've talked about it before but it's uh important that i think you know people who have platforms I'm not saying we're the, the biggest people in the world when it comes to that but it's important that people talk about it and uh, Definitely. not shy away and you know because that was the whole problem to begin with is you know everyone was turning a part of pretty, the problem for sure yeah yeah too yeah. much of a blind eye was turned away from a lot of that so I thought that maybe um, I, I have uh, you know I was gonna talk about my hometown and that kind of stuff and experiences that have happened um, you know around Mm -hmm. me not ever to me because right it never was a problem for me but i know that you've had different experiences
1: yeah uh so i guess a lot of people don't know this in the first place but i i'm i'm biracial so i'm half indian um like india indian not aboriginal um and half white so i have always you know grown up that way although i look pretty pale so most people don't really know and i don't know this whole situation is kind of just Made me, I guess, reminisce on like things that have happened throughout my life that I kind of brushed off or didn't really think was that big of a deal because it was just the way things were. And by the way, in saying this, it's not anywhere near as extreme as how fucking crazy it is in the states, or not even just in the states, but like anywhere where uh you know, especially like for for black people right now, for example, is the one that's amplified. Uh, my experiences are nothing compared to that, but even with that being said like it just kind of has made me reflect on like any little thing that's happened over the course of my life that I was just like ah, they're just joking or oh yeah that's what people say or whatever and you know it's 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 never been as big of an issue as something like in the states where if a black person gets pulled over by a cop they're like this cop might fucking kill me like that's not been a fear ever in my life uh, which is definitely a privilege that I have but I guess what I'm trying to say here is that like it's kind of made me reflect on like all these little instances of racism that I may have experienced in my life. And then like, it feels shitty when that happens, but I can't even imagine like how much worse it must feel to be in their shoes where that experience is amplified so much more because there's a potential, you know, like threat on their life and even more stuff than that. And it's like ingrained systematically in the government systems and everything. Um And it's not, just in the states that's obviously the one that's where this all started but like that shit happens everywhere in the fucking world Canada is no different people like to say that Canada is better than the states in that regard and like I don't know if that's necessarily true like maybe not towards black people here but it's definitely like from what I've heard at least just as bad for Aboriginal people up here Um, apparently in some cases it might even be like worse uh, is again I've, just from what I've read, not from personal experience, because you know I'm I'm not Aboriginal or or Black, so I wouldn't personally know. But based off of what I've learned of, over the past few weeks, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of rambling, but that's kind of where I'm at on this. Where it's just crazy to see how some people didn't even know this shit existed <laughs> until like this past week like which is a good thing i mean that's that's the good part of the protest is that it has raised so much awareness and things have slightly changed already at least in some regard although the things that have changed seems to be things that should have happened in the first place like for example the officers being arrested and all that like it's insane to me that that took uh you know a countrywide protest basically for that to actually happen
0: yeah um, for that one instance yeah and it, exactly know, as and compared that's histories, yeah like a uh, decades worth of issues
1: yeah and it's definitely frustrating to see that so many people were thinking it was just like this isolated incident or it's like oh why is everyone so upset it's just this one person which in and of itself is incredibly insensitive because yeah. it's still a fucking person but despite that even like they fail to see that it's like well it's not just this one person man like this shit happens like every single day just about um, and it's
0: happened too many times. Yeah, and it
1: happens over and over and over. And it's not even like people are necessarily hoping for racism as a whole to not exist anymore. As amazing as that would be, I don't think anyone realistically expects that to happen because uh, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. But what they want is for it to not be basically legally okay or encouraged, which is definitely not too much to ask like that shit should not be happening in the first place Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean that's obviously where i sign on the issue i definitely think that the protests are for more than good enough of a cause and um you know i haven't gone to any protests personally but i've been keeping my eye on everything and i've made a a few donations where i can to a couple different of uh I keep saying charities by accident. I know that's not the correct word, but like the black lives matter movement, as well as the, um, Minnesota freedom fund. I've done it to those two mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just been keeping my eye on the whole situation and shit is crazy, but a lot of it is, uh, I mean, all of it is, is for a good cause and it's nice to see that it, at least to some degree, it's making a difference so far. So yeah, that's kind of where, what my thoughts are on the matter at least.
0: Yeah. We'll see. I really hope that it's not a, uh, like a short term thing where this is incredibly talked about right now and everyone, it's the only thing everybody sees. And then people are just going to be like, you know, forget about it as most people do. I just think we, that can't happen this time. (laughs) Like you can't forget about what's going on right now. Um, and people need to definitely wake the fuck up and like I've said before to the, to the boys and stuff, but like, this is, uh, this is the time where you start to see, you know, who your friends are and who really is a good person and who isn't, you know, like they come out of the woodwork, man. And I've, we've been seeing it um, all across social media. Now I've been literally getting rid of people every single day for just, you know, super insensitive posts. And it's not even like, I have a right to my opinion kind of thing. It's just literally incredibly, discriminatory and racist like it's not yeah that's it's not, not really not like an a, opinion at that point it's not an opinion and it's not an it's not even like something that you can discuss with somebody like that mm-hmm. you know and a lot of these people who are just like inherently racist and like don't see it any other way it's how they were brought up it's like been ingrained in yeah. how they were raised and what they've consumed experiences that they've experienced depending on where you live in America or anywhere really, not even mm-hmm. just there. Yeah. But what I was going to talk about is that where I grew up in Penticton, which is a small town in the uh, interior of British Columbia, you would think that because it's a small town, it wouldn't be very multicultural. It's you would think like, it would be pretty hick, but for the most part, I mean, I grew up with like a ton of, you know, Indian kids who went to my school. Uh, native Canadians um, tons of Portuguese Croatian everybody from all over the place so I felt like I was lucky enough to be in this melting pot of uh, of culture and there was literally I could count on one hand there was two black families in my hometown and I'm sure like they felt very ousted at times for sure but like we always treated them like people I played sports with them growing up like why would I you know, do anything different. Mm-hmm. Um, but the what I've seen growing up more than anything, just because of where I lived and, you know, what our situation is in Canada, like native Canadians get treated like shit. They they really do. And uh the one instance I can really think of where I was witnessing like in extreme forms of racism was when I was playing hockey, we used to play uh, this team called the Merit Centennials. And a lot of people in Merritt are native. There's huge native land there. So a lot of the kids that were on the team would be native kids, obviously, you know, like that's where they live. That's what's up. They they play hockey. They can do whatever they want. Like they're fucking people, right? But there were kids on my team. Like every time we would play them, they would always pull the race card. And it was like, I I couldn't believe that that was a thing that was happening. It It totally took, the fun out of playing sports and the team atmosphere away like it's gone now like now Mm -hmm. you're you're starting something completely different and I mean there was a few instances where like referees overheard or coaches complained and players got suspended but you know nothing really drastic ever happened they just kind of got away with it you know and Mm -hmm. it, it sucked man like I have a lot of friends that are native and it hurts like they're their land is taken from them you know everybody perceives them as you know drunks and they just you know get money and they do nothing with their lives kind of thing but there isn't really a strong support system for them either in canada whether i mean you think that's true or not like especially in particular cities it's really rough Mm -hmm. so i don't know i feel i feel really bad for i mean everybody and especially here in vancouver right now too like before um uh the whole situation started happening uh, with co- like with COVID as well because we have so we have a huge population of Chinese Canadians and like a lot of immigrants that live yeah, in Vancouver yeah. and they get they get, have been getting yeah. treated like shit like people yeah. treat them like shit because they're like you're Chinese it's just your fault
1: yeah man which
0: you can't pigeonhole an entire race of people because of something that happened in their country it's yeah. not their fault
1: so stupid yeah but that yeah that for sure happened and that was not that long ago and uh, no yeah. You know, that it's, was when it first started happening in, like, March or whatever. And I'm sure it still is to this day, you know. Yeah.
0: It's annoying, man. It's frustrating. Yeah. And I, then, I like, just... I
1: remember when... Because first there was, obviously, COVID. And then right after that, uh, there was the, like, giant killer hornets that came out. I don't remember what country those were from, or specifically. But I remember they were labeled initially as, like a, like, the Asian hornet for some reason i mean obviously i guess because that's where they're from but i saw people posting about that be like great another fucking problem from asia and it's just like jesus christ man like this is like
0: 1944 propaganda all over again
1: it's so fucking crazy yeah and uh, uh yeah um well what i wanted to say in addition to this topic is like if there is anyone who uh wants to like learn more about these issues uh in uh I don't want to say an entertaining way' because that sounds kind of weird, but in the form of a movie uh that's entertaining to watch and is is a really good movie that also brings to light a lot of issues. Uh, it's actually a movie from nineteen ninety eight I think called American History X. Um, I had seen it a few years back, but I rewatched it on a Wednesday or Thursday or something uh, with my fiance because she had never seen it before and uh that movie in my opinion does a really really good job at kind of uh i guess like outlining and explaining like how people are brought up to think that way so basically it focuses on uh, a white person who essentially gets radicalized to become a white supremacist and it goes through his story but the thing that makes the movie really good is it also shows like when he grows up, like these really like key moments in his childhood where it's like, you know, that planted the seeds of racism that started out not that not quote unquote, not that bad, where it was like a parent saying, oh, blah, 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 black people, right? Ha, ha. Like just that as a joke, but those things kept adding up and adding up and adding up. And then eventually he f- has a traumatic event in his life. So he ends up basically blaming it on black people um and it was easy for him to do that because up until that point you know those little things kept adding up and uh yeah that's i I don't want to talk about too much of the movie because uh you know i think you guys should watch it if you're interested at all um Mm -hmm. and there's obviously a lot more to it than that but that's one of the reasons why i thought that movie in particular was really good was because it kind of shows both sides of things and uh how you can attempt to change it as well. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of great films out there um, like that. Like I was telling yeah. Andrew about 12 years a slave too. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen that one yet. Super good movie. Very good. Based on a, an old book. Um, I was, I was uh, going off about stuff on my Instagram story a few days ago too, about um, how important black culture is to mm-hmm. the music industry and how, you know, we wouldn't have rock and roll without a lot of these, you know, old school players. Yeah. Um, and something i didn't mention that i was going to talk about but um, elvis presley's song you ate nothing but a hound dog was not written by him originally it was originally written by a black woman mm-hmm. uh, for sorry I, f- I forget her name is uh, a long time ago i learned about this as music school but basically the producers who were working with elvis presley took this song from this woman changed the lyrics because there was black slang in it or you know whatever words that they didn't like and made it more um, appeasable to the white you know white America and then Elvis Presley took that song and blew it up right but you never hear about where it came from. you basically just took it. it's crazy. there's I mean there's tons of instances like that where a lot of people had their music stolen because of you know the color of their skin and stuff like that. yeah but for real like on my instagram story I just mentioned like a bunch of very good players like little Richard who just passed away and like a lot of like old jazz cats Louis Armstrong, everybody, like, I don't know. I think you owe it to yourself to check out some of that stuff and remember where everything came from and how, why you do what you do is because of what they did. Moving on, uh, something I wanted to bring up is something that I've already talked about in this podcast before. <laughs> we talked with about Lauren, it before, right? With Lauren pretty yeah. in depth. But um, Andrew and I just did a, an Alice in Chains cover. Um, and the thing with covers, especially when you're touching stuff that people really love, um like we did we did an alice shane song and a lot of people love that band and they we haven't really done a grunge song like that before i don't think so, i ever have yeah so when people when when you do a cover of a song that's so widely regarded people expect a lot out of you and they expect it to be a certain way mm-hmm. but the reason why we usually do covers or tune down stuff is because we want to do it in our own way and yeah offer a maybe different perspective of how the song could be or you know whatever Mm -hmm. but obviously it's the age of the internet and um people don't like it when you fuck with their shit you know yeah like if you if you tune that song down and it's you know making stuff lower doesn't make it heavier that kind of thing right
1: which is yeah it, it kind of hilarious i always i've always thought it was so funny that people would watch covers and complain that it doesn't sound like the original and it's like that's because it's a cover yeah where it's not like we tried to emulate the same guitar tones and the same production style and the same vocal style of the original like this is how we sound and we played this song so obviously it's not going to sound like the original to some degree
0: or people being like oh you made it worse or whatever yeah and it's like the song still fucking exists man just (laughs) go
1: listen to the original what's the problem
0: I mean if you think that's the case that's totally cool like yeah. we tried our best if you don't like it then that's fine there's hopefully other people that do but whatever yeah um, but I, my-
1: I don't care if you don't feel it but I don't understand the whole like you ruined the song it's like the the song is still there it, it, it hasn't gone anywhere hey man shoot your shot <laughs> fuck it I don't know
0: who cares like if what oh people might not like the if the way we cover it so we just shouldn't do it that's it's what like, people think
1: on. yeah I don't know. that's too
0: bad because we're not gonna stop. so even if it's a big fart I don't care. like I mean we've had stinkers before and we've had songs that it happens though. but what my my point of contention is I'm so fed up with (laughs) people saying that I auto-tune the shit out of my stuff or oh I don't like this because the vocals sound like they're auto-tuned or yeah Whatever that whole argument again, specifically on that Allison Chain song, I didn't do really any whatsoever. There was one part where I did, which is in the very and sorry, not AutoTune. I used Melodyne, which is a pitch correction tool. It is not AutoTune, like I said. AutoTune is fucking T Pain and Flow Rider, not <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's a tool used to correct pitch if you need help on some certain parts. I had Andrew tune this song down a step lower, right? Just a half step. Half step. A half step lower from the original, because I knew without even trying that it was going to be too high in my range. Because I could hear how uh, Will, the original vocalist for Allison was doing it. He fucking belts it. That whole chorus, he's like, sings it at the top of his range, and he just fucking belts it. So I was like, if I'm gonna do that, I have to have it a bit lower, otherwise I'm gonna, you know it's not going to sound right yeah so the part that i was having trouble with that i had to use pitch correction on was the very first part of the course where he goes to the the highest note and then immediately drops to the octave below super hard transition to do cleanly and i mean perhaps with enough practice uh yeah i could do it but in mm-hmm. terms of getting shit done quickly like yeah i usually do i wanted to correct that part that was the only part that i corrected but people were like
1: Oh, no No, it's
0: auto-tune the whole song is auto-tune also a a
1: quick mention I think that it was actually not that vocalist it was a different guy named I don't know how to pronounce his name but it was Lane or Lail or something like that that's the new guy is it yeah okay i don't know much about allison james but i just saw a bunch of people commenting saying that guy's name in particular so i wasn't sure if he was the original vocalist or something like that no
0: he he's i'm i mean we can look it up i'm swear to god it's it's will but um
1: anyways not really the point i I don't even remember
0: um Oh, what the fuck was I saying? I'm sorry <laughs> um,
1: you're talking about audit you're t- uh, you tuned to the first note of the chorus and that because it had the big drop basically. yeah I
0: tuned a bridging note between two high notes and a low note which is really hard to get yeah um, but the rest of the song wasn't at all and then I think a lot of people misconstrue how the vocals are produced and they think that you know a certain way it's eq'd or any effects that are on it yeah. make it sound like Like it's, you know, whatever too perfect or something like that. Mm -hmm. But like we were saying with Lauren is if we don't do stuff like that, you're going to hate it.
1: Yeah. It's like, what do you want us to do? Put a cell phone in the corner of a room and give that to you like no one wants to fucking hear that what is this like 2006 youtube like now
0: well what do you want me to do like everybody edits their vocals literally everybody does some people do it more than others and yeah for sure you can you know say that the the integrity of their vocals might not be there or they can't actually do it yeah but But it's
1: also like a huge point that people don't seem to i don't know if they just don't care or don't know but like every video that we do together that or especially for covers, like these are all done within like eight hours or less. Like it's not like we're going to a studio and we've practiced for months and months and months. Like it's like we learn the song in an hour, maybe two hours. We record it in an hour, two hours. We film for an hour, two hours. And then I edit for an hour and two hours. And that's that's the whole process. So, obviously, there's going to be edits and stuff like that because we have to be efficient. Otherwise, I would not be able to release like two or three videos every single week. Yeah. And yeah, and it's the same thing for like, uh, you know, I don't get the auto-tune comment, obviously, but I get like the complaints about having edited guitars. And it's like, yeah, I mean, of course, I could practice this for, you know, way longer and get it perfect. And I guess I could do it in one take. But as soon as this cover is done being filmed, I'm never going to play the song again in my entire life. So if it, ta- it like, it'll take me an hour to record the song. If I just do it piece by piece, or it'll take me a week to practice it to perfection. And then I have to record the full thing over and over and over until I happen to get a perfect take. Like that makes no sense. It's obviously a no brainer. Like obviously I mean, I'm going to do the faster way.
0: The thing is that doesn't even matter anyways. Cause like you could just tell people that you did it. And they'd be like oh yeah i'm glad you i'm glad you did that this time you know yeah what I mean? exactly like nobody fucking even
1: knows. if i yeah even if i did it in one take people would still think it's edited it, just course. like even if you didn't use melodyne people would still say you use melodyne of it course, doesn't matter. which
0: is exactly what i'm saying yeah like, it was that's why i was so pissed about this one in particular because i yeah. did it in one spot yeah. Like, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, yeah, I but don't know. Should I be flattered that it sounds that good or something? Like, I don't that's, know. That's that's a I'm better just, way
1: to take it, I guess. But yeah.
0: But like, I don't know. I take a lot of pride in what I do, so when stuff like that comes up, it always kind of bothers me. Something that I need to be better at too is not reading into that stuff too much. Yeah, you'll
1: get used to that over time. I don't give just, a shit about negative comments anymore. <laughs> and by the way, yeah, I just looked into it, and it was Lane Staley was the original vocalist, uh so he would have been the one. Uh, whereas. Uh, what's his name? William Duval is the current vocalist.
0: Interesting. Okay. I, re- I read that wrong then. Sorry, Allison Chains fans. You can yeah. scream at us about our shit cover and all just that. Just another shit. thing to
1: complain about. <laughs> just
0: another thing. And yeah, I, did you read the comment too? Somebody was like, oh, you sped your solo up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay.
0: Like, what, dude? It's like a fucking know. 12 bar blues solo. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not saying I'm the greatest guitar player well, it's, in the world. And it's but also it's just play that. It,
1: it's also like, because the, the, people still to this day don't know that the video and the audio is not recorded at the same time i don't know how that's not common knowledge by now like it's not like i hide this fact at all like i have tutorials on my channel about how to do this yeah we have always done it it's always audio is recorded mixed audio is done sent off then the video is filmed the video is put on mute and then synced to the pre-recorded audio every single time unless otherwise specified and I promise, goes for vocals or anything else
0: yeah i promise you 90 percent of the people that you watch do the exact same fucking thing and if they don't they specify and they say this is a live this this is yeah. a live that like spirit box does that when uh when mike yeah. does his live guitar yeah. playthroughs or courtney or whatever right when yeah doing exactly. vocals. so i mean sorry to reveal you know what's behind the curtain but that's- sorry to give you
1: a secret that everyone in the world should have already known since 2010 but yeah, yeah. sorry we're just bitter fucks yeah. <laughs> so that's that's enough complaining for now we're gonna move on to the next section uh, so today's special guests are johnny's new band members and our old friends in angel maker uh so this is of course uh one of the you know most biggest weird way to put that up and coming deathcore bands they've been around for a long time um i've known them for a really long time because galactic pegasus played shows with them i think we started around the same time as them so we played like a shit ton of shows together we kind of like grew up together in the local scene and obviously they flourished and expanded much farther beyond that and now of course johnny is also in the band Uh, And lots of other stuff that we'll get talking to. So uh, who are we talking to from Angel Maker today specifically?
0: I was just talking to them right now. Okay. I can hear it buzzing
1: through my headphones.
0: God fucking (laughs) fart, dude. I just took it off airplane mode for a second. Um, (laughs) So we're definitely talking to Mike and Colton. Okay. Um, Casey and Jesse should be together as well. I don't know if Cole or Matt are going to be there. We'll we'll find out as we go. But uh, a good portion of everybody so way that
1: half the band approximately
0: approximately about half the way that i plan on approaching this interview is since i have only just recently joined the band i haven't you know been around for a lot of the accolades we'll say that they've you know um gotten over the past few years so i will be interviewing them as if you know i'm not in the band
1: yeah you know what i mean asking
0: questions about stuff that i know but like Mm -hmm. this, this is the point of this podcast is to you know let you all know what's going on and yeah. we talk to these guys a lot spend a lot of time with them and they have really interesting things to say so yeah uh, it's gonna be a good one i think it'll be a long one we're we're up late doing this one this time but uh yeah
1: cool all right well without further ado uh let's get on to the interview all right well what's up guys we got uh, mike and colton from angel maker we might have a couple of the other guys joining mm. us soon but we'll, we'll <laughs> see about that um but yeah thanks for joining us guys how are you doing today not bad not bad
2: how are you guys doing good good i'm
1: good man good, good okay, and also also johnny from angel maker is also here yeah don't <laughs> Still weird that. to think about yeah
0: <laughs> still it's still very fresh yeah. and like i was saying before uh, we were talking to you guys i'm gonna basically the approach i'm taking for this interview is um i'm not I haven't been in the band for that long so i'm not gonna you know suck my own dick and talk as though like i have so yeah writing the decay
1: ep was a really hard process for me yeah so it'll be it'll
0: be more of an outside perspective from what we have watched up until this point
3: yeah 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 that's cool
0: um yeah the other boys will join join in randomly at some point so we'll see what (laughs) happens then and how far along we
1: are sounds good
0: but um basically how we've been doing this is we start at the very beginning of everyone's career or even just how you guys know each other because the thing with your guys band too which is pretty crazy is a lot of you have been you know friends for a really long time and for the most yep. part you have a pretty original lineup
1: yeah right very true yeah mm-hmm.
0: um, so yeah let's just kind of start at the beginning how did you guys meet each other <laughs> The influences with music all that kind of stuff
2: well okay so the the first time I, i'm just gonna tell this random story the first time i ever met colton i didn't even know i really met him um we <laughs> were both at a uh avenge sevenfold concert um that atreyu was opening i believe it was like the taste of chaos tour the, yeah. Oh, yeah i think that was yeah. the name of it yeah it wasn't yeah.
3: it was, wasn't it like mike was it like it was, west the fall was yeah it but
2: it, and it was supposed to be um, bullet for my valentine but they didn't come yeah Ooh. and um Ooh. but it was a Treyu, bless the fall and um uh the bled played oh yeah and uh yeah it was uh avenged <clears throat> and um i went with like a buddy and uh i don't remember who i went with and um I was there at the show jamming out and I saw a kid I knew in high school who was there and we started moshing and whatever and like throwing shit. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this other kid come out of nowhere and we were all just like going hard and shit and like whatever. And I was like, who the fuck is this kid? <laughs> and then, yeah, later on, Colton and I just met through uh, playing Halo 3 online together. Yeah. The mutual homies. Yeah, that's so funny. And yeah, started and then- talking about... That show,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I think we were, I think we were like, we finally met up in person because our mutual friend Mackenzie. Uh, uh, we were all getting into, you know, we were all skateboarding and stuff. And then mm-hmm. one day, we were, I remember it's like a nice sunny day and we were skateboarding. And that's like the first day I met Mike. And then we, yeah, we started like. I think that was was that the day like in person when we found out about it, or did you already know and you were like? Oh. I think
2: it was like a maybe the next time we hung out or something after that. Definitely wasn't the first day, but the first day it was like, oh, you like metal? It was like fuck yeah like metal <laughs> okay we just become friends. best friends yeah <laughs> Yup. <Yeah. laughs> yep, yep. like skateboarding fucking metal yeah. oh yeah it was
3: yeah, like i think it, it was definitely Halo 3 love, too. Lo- love at first sight with me and mike we're just like yeah.
1: <laughs> shit yeah. like
3: like you like heavy metal, like music like you skateboard i'm like oh my god like this is That's like best. the best. It's my, my best friend. Like, <laughs> yeah, when you find some kid in your high
1: school or whatever, you're like, "Oh shit, I didn't know you were into this too." And then you're just like, "Bam," there you go. Well, it yeah. was cool
2: too because Colton wasn't even from my high school, and we had like oh, okay. a mutual mutual friends and stuff. And then it was ended up being it was like, "Oh well," like you know, Colton had just moved here, and he was like, "Oh, my cousin's Jared." Like, and I was like, "Jared, Jared, who's like Jared Swan?" I was like, "Okay, so like." Going back, like, I've played sports with Colton's cousin for years. Like, way before I even knew Colton. I've played sports with Jared for, like, ever. So, it was kind of like this small world all colliding. Or it was, like, we all didn't go to the same school or anything like that. But just mutual friends and mutual connections was just, like, the bonds that, you know, made us homies, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then
3: I switched switched schools Mm -hmm. uh, going into grade 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And then... Yeah, then we were officially at the same school. And, yeah. uh, and,
0: and is that when you guys kind of started talking about doing music together? Or when did that conversation come up? Well,
2: I think Colton and I always had an interest. But um, as far as like actually being in a band and, and pursuing that stuff, that was definitely Colton more than um, me at the time. He had kind of, and I let Colton elaborate, but they had kind of like already started to pursue a um, you know musical endeavor of sorts and i was kind of like the homie who was like yeah you guys are sick and like i wish i could do it too
3: <laughs> um, yeah i like holding Colton elaborate a little bit more about that yeah right, right. yeah like i think uh there there, there was a was that a that's when i think i was only a little jam- of the band stuff that, that right? was all that stuff yeah and yeah. i was jamming with and before that uh, as well i was jamming with evan robillard yeah um before oh, okay. when he was just a drummer yeah. uh he had gone you you're know, right actually sc- that was when we first yeah him. yeah yeah and um we did talk about a band yeah because mike yeah because i was jamming with evan and we were jamming some like just heavy shit and fast stuff that evan wanted to play uh campbell corpse and like he's like learn with sugar and like all this stuff like that's crazy i was like i'll tell my (laughs) buddy mike like he's just learning how to do vocals and like yeah like i'm gonna get him in on this evan ended up uh you know going to rehab and and that fell fell through super quick but um at that roughly around the same time as well i started um I, i started jamming i met jesse i heard he was he was into like metalcore and stuff uh mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I, I don't know who i knew first. it, it was
2: Casey, i think at it first cody? it was it was jesse and cody and chris i think even maybe before jesse it was you were jamming first with cody and chris and yeah. spencer chapman and was it?
3: Yeah, crazy yeah so yeah.
2: Anyway, and then super small world of things
3: yeah i remember because so cody is casey's older brother and he was the original guitarist of angel maker uh, with me, um, and yeah, I, I heard about Cody. He was this really quiet dude, you know, pissed off dude who who liked metal. And I was like, oh well, obviously you you start a band with that person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, um, and then Casey was playing bass at the time. So it was Casey, me, and his brother, um, and then our other friend who was doing vocals, uh, Chris, and. Yeah, Jesse would have joined shortly after that because Jesse yeah. was uh, uh, was just getting into death metal and like heavier stuff, but we were just covering metalcore at the time. This is like before Mostly, we were called yeah. Angel Maker at all. It was just like, yeah, covering metalcore and some old... Well, like, I think when you, when you guys like first played the
2: first battle of the bands kind of... Because there was like local... Uh, for us, there was like... And you know you guys, I'm sure, because you're from here, but to yeah. explain to the greater audience, there was a lot of these like... <laughs> weird like battle of the bands like local you know show-offs and it was like if you won then you know they would give you some money and some recording time and stuff like that and you know honestly thinking back to it it was like kind of a fucking bullshit experience because especially (laughs) well especially coming as a a metal band it made like it was definitely sick for like bands that were like maybe more radio friendly and stuff like that. It was like a really good experience for them. But for us, mm. it was kind of like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> but um, it was cool for the homies to see and stuff. But um, I think when you guys first played, Cody had made up the name or something like the morning after. And yes. Then, yeah. And then you guys like spelled like morning, like, you know, you're mourning somebody's <laughs> death. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's what it was. Yeah. I think and I then, still have an old poster with Yeah. Yeah. It and then out. after that, you guys, and, you know, people collectively had kind of decided on like the human condition, which everybody like rolled with for a while until such as changing the name and knowing that there's probably like, and there was a few other bands named that. <laughs> there <It> was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It totally was. But um, that that's a little later. But yeah, you guys played a few battle of the bands and stuff with th- yeah. that lineup.
3: With that um, lineup.
2: Yeah. Except for, I think after two of the shows, you guys had, um, casey go to vocals and cole join right on bass and so originally it was pretty much the angel maker lineup doing covers with an with two vocalists but it wasn't me it was another guy (laughs) named chris right
1: so this whole time were you like just watching them play before you were doing vocals for yeah. them. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Mike yeah, would come to our show yeah, 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 Mike. Yeah,
3: Mike was the homie. Like, he was awesome. in the metal, and like he would come to our our our, our little battle of bands. the bands. Actually, one of them actually like happened at the like at Tom Lee. Nice. Um, yeah. which was like cool for for us at the time, and I remember Mike coming to that and and supporting us, and then yeah, like shortly after that, uh, shit shit hit the fan with our uh, our original vocalist. Uh you know, like, yeah, I guess I can't say the original vocals because it was before Angel Maker. I right, was right, right before right. Angel Maker, but uh yeah. we we kicked him out of the band and it was amazing. Immediate- well it
2: was I I remember too, it was everything was getting pretty rocky and it was like you guys had one more show, which was another Battle of the Bands thing, and it was like I was kind of prepared to fill the spot if i needed to at that show
3: and then because we're like he hasn't showed up to practices like yeah blow it like and you're like this is my time
2: i was like and then honestly he showed up and he did the show and he did he didn't even do that bad but it was just like that that was just like the straw you know there was just like this he kind of just didn't put take it seriously and and i was ready and i had learned all the like the cover songs so they were still doing like Metalcore covers and stuff like that at the time. As I lay
3: dying, Mm -hmm. uh, Uh, Parkway Drive. Parkway Drive. Right, right. Yeah.
2: You see, we guys were still doing uh, fucking, which was always my favorite, the um, jumping ships by AFB. That was always so sick. (laughs) It's like a yeah,
3: (laughs) OG like YouTube gem. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Song that we learned. High space gem. Yeah. Yeah. Straight edge deathcore or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but um, yeah, and then uh, pretty much kicked Chris out and uh. I joined, and then we went through a kind of transition period between being like a metalcore band to a deathcore band. We had like originally they they had even though they were doing covers. Actually, at a few of those cover shows, I think you did a few originals, but um, <laughs> they had um, <laughs> written some original songs. But it was they were mostly metalcore based. Hi Michael. <laughs> there we go. They sorry, they had written a bunch of uh not a bunch but some original material at that time which was mostly metalcore stuff and when I joined I kind of first started help just finish working on those songs and kind of just make them more our own but I think collectively we realized that we wanted to do something. At least Colton and I wanted to do uh more deathcore stuff and we kind of convinced the rest of the guys that that like this is really
3: cool guys it's really cool like (laughs) trust (laughs) me right it was the thing to do so funny 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 thing just quickly on that time that specific time we were making the transition and i was actually starting to write like original material um and when mike had joined um before mike was even in angel maker me and him would would sit and we would try and write deathcore and that's actually when. I wrote like uh, the first song ever with Mike that like was called Blaze and Blaze. Force, yeah, it yeah. was Blaze oh, I think was the first crazy. one and then Satan Force like shortly after but yeah. before he was even in the band we had like really demo-y versions of those songs yeah. that ended up like becoming like on yeah. their yeah, first EP.
2: Yeah, that's right cuz you and I first
3: Oh, there we go. Let's...
2: <laughs> you guys good? <laughs> Hello.
0: Yes. <laughs> Jesse and Casey have just joined us. Hello y'all. <laughs> Hello.
2: Oh hi! This is my first Zoom meeting ever. <laughs> Congratulations! It's a very professional yeah, I'm party. My Welcome today to today the Touch base with you guys. We're just kind of going through like the beginning history of the band and like how it all started and stuff. And so we just got to the point where basically I joined the band and we kicked Chris out and we're starting to write deathcore songs and stuff like that. So yeah, just to fill pivotal. you guys in. A <laughs> yeah, pivotal point for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah colton and i had like been working on some like deathcore songs just by ourselves and we had put out some bullshit songs and done this and that and yeah like colton said the the first kind of demos to angel maker came through us just kind of doing some bullshit and that was around the same time in high school where um our high school offered a, uh, sound recording program from grade 10 to 12. So Colton and I often at school would just work on angel maker stuff and just record bullshit ideas. And, and that was actually yeah. in that same kind of, um, just little tidbit, but in the same little, uh, time that I was, you know, in that program, um, you could take a bunch of other courses at the same time and i took graphic design and that was when i first made the angel maker logo that Mm, we still use now so yeah yeah right
0: i don't know if we asked it but where did the actual name angel maker come from where did it derive from
2: um it was just like we so we had a big meeting to decide on a name and we we basically to be honest we all wrote down i think it was we all wrote down 10 names each so that's a lot of names (laughs) yeah and then we all I wish we i wish i still had the pages i know, I actually think I know. I still and then have we all the narrowed them down to like i think the top two of each person's list and then we picked from that list <laughs> another top Jeez. something yeah we whittled them down like the yeah vote voting thing and like yeah and then we just <laughs> we ended up with angel maker which um yeah i don't know just no regrets no regrets yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean and like it wasn't really like i, I, I guess at the time it was kind of like roughly just thought out of like oh well yeah if you kill someone they turn into an angel so if you're an angel maker <laughs> yeah. then like you're a murderer i guess like
1: <laughs> to a yeah, point it makes sense pretty, so. <laughs> pretty metal i guess
2: but yeah we were just it wasn't really a thing we really thought that much about other than it was like it was one word it was like memorable and we we're like yeah this is sick like yeah i was really driven to the one word band logos We tr- we really strived right. hard for like a really like simple or a band name because i think we were just coming out of the time when like myspace bands and everything were like a thing and you would you were getting crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was, it was
4: the noun going on, and we're like, we want like that one memorable name that's not mm-hmm. like
2: mm-hmm.
4: bound the carrier.
2: Right, right. Well, there was a lot of verb the noun yeah. band names. I remember those time. times. You sure. know, so.
0: <laughs> that was that whole MySpace era yeah. a lot yeah. of band names.
2: And then like it was that. the plural shortly after. Yeah. yeah Especially if you had some genty vibes. Oh yeah. uh,
0: <laughs> plural geometric shapes space, yeah. all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> <you're at>. Is- <laughs> yeah exactly.
1: We are um, circle.
0: <laughs> 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 um, something I did want to touch on too um, is I've I've never met another person in my life that knows as much about deathcore as Mike does, which is like <laughs> like every time we do hang out, it's literally like like a history lesson, or we just discuss <laughs> dance that we used to listen to. So like from that MySpace. You know deathcore era the real beginnings of it like what were those bands that you still listen to today and that really influenced in jamaica now
2: oh that's a good question <clears throat> um i think like it's different for everyone but um i think like to name a few that like i mean it's easy to name so i'm gonna go off and name a few big ones because obviously at the time those were influential. So it was like, you know, White Chapel, Chopper Cowboy, Black Dahlia Murder, uh, All Shall Perish, Suicide Silence, Carnifex, like all those, Despise Icon, those were like, you know, the shit when we were coming out and wanting to start as a band, especially for me. But on the more like rooted side of like, you, you know, more specifically maybe to MySpace, Deathcore and to like an older root of things, I think bands like salt the wound and elijah and um <clears throat> at the throne of judgment it, and um, yeah. you know like annotations of an autopsy and um underneath the gun and like all those bands they really like kind of stuck with us at least for me and i know colton and, and you know different ways that were just like damn these bands like maybe didn't get as much like recognition and you know shout out to some of those other bands but they still had some super sick stuff going on. And if we can, like, kind of vibe with that stuff, just as much as maybe, like, the more mainstream bands as well, then there's something going on here, you know? Yeah,
3: like, a, sure. breath
2: before, a Breath Before Surfacing and, like... um like uh underneath the shallows and like all those bands like they had like the gang chants and stuff like that and like all those like crazy shit that like and and samples and stuff that you oh, po-
3: post more and promises too post-mortem? They did all, they did
2: all
4: that yeah, shit yeah exactly I, yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: yeah waking the cadaver i used to listen to a lot mm-hmm. i used to, okay. i still I, and that's a band i still like if, of bands i still listen to like i'll go back to that because i still listen to like a lot of brutal death um, and they're kind of just like that nasty kind of slamage that I I still really like to listen to. Um, yeah. I
2: love float face down still. That's yeah. like One of my gems. Still go yeah. back to that. I still listen to Despised. <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
4: Big Ron, rest in peace.
2: Yeah, rest in peace, Ron.
0: Yeah. I still like. I went back the other uh, like last week and listened to a bunch of Knights of the Abyss. Oh yeah, Ooh. so and, good and stuff because that band <laughs> was so fucking sick. Or like even like Hester <laughs> Prime or Resistance. Oh song, my yes.
3: god, yeah, Hester Prime. I loved Hester. Dude, Pryne. Yeah, Pryne. we and loved those bands with? when we were when we were in high school. Like Oof. we like we we're like we love those bands. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like obsessed like over them. <laughs> can... Like this is the coolest shit ever.
0: It is, and at the time nobody was really. Doing it, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of these bands started coming Dude, out.
4: It I remember was... Greenwood showed me Hester Prime's EP in the hallway near the metal shop <laughs> after grade eight, and he's like, This is fucking hard. and I was like, <laughs> I'm scared. And he's like, It's, okay.
3: As, it's as, okay. as Blood Runs Black, I remember. Oh, yeah, as Blood Runs, Runs Black. I love oh, that. Bro? As Blood Runs Black. Yeah. Um, shit That's there's so many wisteria, I love that band. wisteria I love cottage them. yeah who i stole a riff off of when apparently I was yeah. no yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I mean like somehow I somehow i did we- like i wasn't trying to but then like listening back you're like yo i was definitely listening to that like <laughs> like around that time and then it just it's sat- it was it's, it's uh i don't know what the name of the, their song was but it's satan force. Confined. It's confined it's confined in
2: satan force they sound yeah. so similar right? yeah oh, yeah put it but out yeah there, i was right right
3: now. Very, <laughs> much, very much influenced obviously by all that stuff at that time and doom yeah. of course job for a cowboy was like yeah. the biggest deal for um, sure but
2: i think also like just to touch base on like i know it it's getting a little bit away from your original question but around that time it was also for at least Colton and I it was like you know starting the band and and everybody else included but the local scene played a huge factor for me um going to see bands like Argent Strand and Between Seas and um like all like yeah, especially no, those those two bands mm-hmm. specifically for me it was kind of like they kind of ignited the fire for me that maybe want to be in a local band and play shows and stuff because seeing Argent strand play was so sick. And then Colton got the opportunity to play with them a bunch. And so it was yeah. like, you know, Colton and I hanging out at their jam space and chilling. I thought that was so cool. And that
3: was really cool for me. As and well,
2: then yeah. the, uh, for me as well, the, like the, farewell show that between seas played it was really cool like to have those guys invite me on stage and do um part of one of their songs at like their last show was really cool and so like i think it was like you know those things and like shout out to doom cannon and cleanse kill and like all those you know bands like they really at least for me helped inspire me to push more than just being like a high school garage band i think yeah It was cool seeing local bands actually do local shows and draw kids and have a fun time other than doing like those bullshit battle of the band stuff which was
3: cool but it was you know it's different
0: it's not the same those
3: guys were good to us you know like they were they 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 included us and like i didn't feel like i remember being like you know really like holy shit like even like when we'd see the guys in between seas like like, yeah and those guys playing between seas like holy (laughs) crap Yeah, they were really good to us and like they made us feel included. they're always super chill. yeah yeah so that was that was really nice. when there was uh, no there's no no, like gatekeepers like being like no you're not allowed to start a deathcore band in this city in my city. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. it was cool. that kind
0: of leads on to my, my next kind of question or next discussion point is like the Vancouver scene and what it was like when you guys were starting you know when decay came out like what was the reception like like what were those early shows like and uh like playing with andrew and galactic in the early days and stuff like that
1: so long ago man it's so weird to think about
3: (laughs) it is crazy really like it it has been so long now like like when did
1: we was it what i guess we would have started playing shows together in like
2: 2013 maybe uh probably i think honestly i think it might have been later 2012 like right well no no, 2013 well when did decay come out
1: because i think that was the first show we played with
2: you guys okay so that was the first show we played together for sure yeah yeah. okay so that i think decay came out 2012 but like Okay, yeah. so like the summer 2012 or something like yeah, that. I think like it was that. yeah, summer. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. that was the same release show that it was Galactic Pegasus. Uh, we released our first EP, Mirages, and you guys released Decay. And I think we did like a double EP release yeah. show. I'm pretty sure that was yeah. the first time we had played together. Yeah, that yeah. Was the, like, Let's get weird. Show. No, no it, it was actually was at Tom Lee, which is crazy because really nice. yeah. that oh, was wow. actually sick. But it was that was oh, a sick show. That it was, was like... one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that show was awesome. Yeah,
4: there's like still really good footage of that show on YouTube.
1: Yeah, and-
3: yeah,
4: yeah. We were fucking babies, we were so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Mike has like no hair. I'm pretty sure I don't have a beard at all. Like no facial hair. It's
3: fucking weird. Yeah. Okay, um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those shows were good though. Like the like we we hit, like once we started playing shows, uh, it felt like i mean i, we I feel didn't like play a lot either we maybe played like three shows a year it felt like at the beginning well, i think we played a lot in the here. beginning but yeah. here you know what i
2: actually super random i have this this <laughs> list i i have i have this list i made a Amazing. long time ago you you really are like a metal historian man well. <laughs> <laughs> of all the first shows we ever played fuck yeah um so 2012 We played one, two, three, four, five, six shows. Holy shit. In 2012.
3: (laughs) That's more than I remember. (laughs) Yeah.
2: 2013, we only played three. um, And then we kind of took like a year hiatus. And then we played four four shows 2014. One, two, three, four, five shows in 2015. And then 2016 is when we started touring. So Mm -hmm. it really kind of takes off from there. But yeah, like um, going back, like I guess... As as Angel Maker, our first show actually was super shitty. I remember because we played Funkies. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. oh, my God. And the, like, yeah, oh. And it's, it's on here. We the played with Braheist, Glimpse background. of Mutiny, and Tortorex. <laughs> and we opened, and they made us wait outside. They made us leave all our gear on the sidewalk. Oh, because you're, you're underage, like, right? Yep. Yeah. And they made us come in and play, and we played to, like, you know, it's Funkies, so, like, at the time there was like nobody there who gave a shit there was like a bunch of like middle-aged people at the bar not giving a <laughs> shit and the only two people who were there on the fucking floor were like these thrash metal guys because they were all yeah. sick the other bands i think yeah. they were like boo <laughs> <laughs> they going like this really <laughs> oh my god yeah,
1: no <laughs> yeah. Awful. That
4: was super sick <laughs> it was
2: like, oh yeah, this is so fun. <laughs> like, I'm so glad we
1: practiced so hard to do this, guys.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? I I remember that we were we were still in like pretty good spirits because we were so nervous yeah. as well. We were just like that, you know, we did it. Like it's done. Like yeah. oh god. Yeah. It, it, horrible show in hindsight. Like oh, right. it was like one of the worst. Yeah, but, but we, then we were still
2: you know, you know. The, the next show we played after that was actually pretty sick because that was when we, we played um, we played Victory Denied open. So that was the first time we met those guys, which was really cool. Um, then it was us, GFAP, which was, you know, sh- that was a bunch right, of right, kind right. of band- dudes from the scene. And then Kurt, uh, yeah. Deadbeat played, and that was the first time we met Taylor and also Dom, who was the vocalist of um, Doom Cannon because this was his new band. Um, so that was cool. And then, yeah, it was Fall City Fall opening, yeah. or a headlining sorry so. That nice. was a cool show for, like, a second kind of, you know, bigger Angel Maker show. But, yeah, after right. that, it kind of, like, all spans around. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It's I just actually, so crazy to think our, that it
1: was that long ago, man. Actually, like, you know
2: what? I actually have it on here. Our, the CD release show, was 09, uh, so was it September 30th, 2012. Crazy. Um, and that was with you guys headlining Xenocide Prestige. Mm-hmm bridges out dawning the inferno us as the city burns and deception falls so crazy like, that was actually the sec- that was actually the second show we played with you guys because the first show we played with you guys was uh us opening dawning the inferno um and then you guys and oh Stella. yeah i forgot
3: about that. <laughs> oh what? yeah
2: that one <laughs> Dude. and that was an olympia
1: pizza right yeah, yeah. it was yeah, that I'm was sure. actually a pretty sick show yeah. and that was when i was doing vocals like by myself like i wasn't even playing yeah. guitar yeah it's so weird to think yeah about. yeah yeah Fuck. Dude,
3: i almost it- forgot about that entire yeah like, i, I like, woke about up it in the middle of the night day. i'm
1: like andrew used to do vocals <laughs> i was like what? i try and forget about it every day
0: <laughs> was cooper playing guitar in deception falls at the time
1: yeah he was it's fucking no. weird, man. Dallas so was a drummer. Well, that's bro. how we met Cooper, because Cooper Cooper's first show with GP was that same CD release show, because he played with Deception Falls and GP, and that was his first show with us. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like how we ended up meeting him, was because uh, Dallas was drumming for both bands, and then Cooper also ended up joining our band after that, basically. Right. Um, yeah. So weird, man.
0: Um, my next question, kind of, is in between this period of uh, decay and dissentient. Um, when nice. when did Matt come into the good picture? old pop. <laughs> all,
4: yeah. Shut <That's>, you know, <laughs> up,
1: shut up, Mark.
0: Shut up, Mark. Um uh, yeah. So, like, how did you discover Stiff. Matt? How did all of that kind of end up happening? And what was his impact like when he joined? <clears throat> okay, so
4: uh, good. Put.
2: I know that. The first kind of time we met, like, met, met, Matt um, was. Unleash the
3: Archers at Rickshaw, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We played with his band. It was uh, Ikozian opened, then us, Dead Asylum, Altered Throne, and Unleash the Archers. And that was in. That was the 1st of November 2013. So that was the first time we met Matt, and he was just so
3: stoked. He thought we were, like, super sick. Matt just was like legitimately yeah. the first person um, I think I ever saw someone covering an Angel Maker song mm-hmm. on, on like, I think he posted it on YouTube or Facebook. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, like, like who is this guy? And, like, they're like, oh, he, like, plays in this uh, this local band, Altered Throw. I'm like, oh, covered, like "Covered? that's so oh, cool. Think. Like, mm-hmm. he's covering one of our songs. Like, yeah. he, he must like our, our music or something. Like, and... Yeah, so I remember that was like the, my first impression of Matt. It's like, oh, that's the guy that covered one of our songs, um, yeah. which was really cool. Um, and then, yeah,
2: he—I uh, remember. So that was in 2013, and then we took like kind of like a, a year-ish break because we played a few other shows, like uh, Behind a King and Vail of Maya, and then we took a break. And then we I came we, back.
3: I think we did Bridge. I, th- I think we did our Splitty P.
2: around that time. Around just that before time, that, yeah.
3: So the video for that yeah
2: well um, yeah. but i know that matt always talks about um the black tongue show because he, mm. he that, that was the la- right one of the last shows well. we played oh, with yeah. cody i think yeah, it right. was one of the last. Played, yeah. It wasn't the last, but it was one of the last. And Matt came to that show, and I remember him talking to me and us and just being like, You guys are so sick. Like, if you ever need a guitarist, just like, let me know. And that, that was like the first time I think I remember Matt actually talking about, like, really implanting the idea of being like, If you need one, like, I'm right, right. here. Like, so, you know, and I don't exactly remember when the transition between not having cody in yeah so you, it, it
3: was i remember we we booted cody we weren't doing a whole lot at the time um we I hadn't started writing dissentient yet so yeah. there wasn't a whole lot going on casey was uh a wall uh <laughs> we, we didn't know if casey was going to be coming back to the band and so it was just like total downtime because we just kicked out our guitars we had no plans um but i i decided i was gonna like continue writing music so i started writing dissentient and um i i was probably like before matt joined i was probably like six seven songs deep and no leads or anything like just the just the riffs mm-hmm. and and you know my my program drums and then casey i remember coming home from his travels being like i'm ready to send it like I'm like that's awesome like I'm like I've been writing an album and like you know getting going on this like okay cool like we need to find a new guitarist and it was immediately like I think we had a discussion and Cole's like yo like Matt's a good guy and like we're all like yeah like Matt like of course like why didn't we think of this like sooner like the guy who
4: did the fucking cover yeah (laughs) yeah,
3: it's perfect like and he can shred and that's like so cool and um and yeah so he joined and then he finished up writing the sentient with me and that was when he had joined so right kind of in the middle of writing the and that was a great time for him to join because he brought so much to that album that i could not have been done without him because i because i don't i don't do i don't do any of that so and he was the perfect man for the job to fill that void yeah, really. his
0: his lead work on that record is is awesome, man. Like, yeah, definitely. it's it's so tasty. Like it's not even just like shred, it, it's feel mm. too. Because he has like, you know, the bluesy background, he has the Van Halen background where it's mm-hmm. not just like scales and woos which
3: he <laughs> yeah. can do, but yeah.
0: he has vibrato and it's like a really beautiful Yeah, taste. he's got some
3: soul for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And like Desentient is also like a very melodic record too. So having stuff like that on top of already melodic riffs it just like you know takes it to a whole other level which is fucking awesome yeah, yeah. Um. but and this kind of is transitioning to the next part but dissentient on its own was a huge you know stepping stone for you guys and like it was huge in our scene that's when i had just moved to vancouver and i was hanging out with with you know the galactic pegasus guys i had just joined the band and they're like angel maker just dropped this new album and it's fucking awesome and I was like, yeah well, i guess that was a
1: huge, like. I- obviously i knew your guys forever but that album i remember being like holy shit like this yeah. this is this is angel maker for i sure. remember like, this is what they're going to be doing from now on yeah i
0: remember <laughs> sitting down with dallas in his basement and he's like you have to listen to, <laughs> to-, to godless and I'm yeah like, okay and he showed me he's like this is fucking dope and I'm like yeah this is the best thing I've ever heard Uh, (laughs) but uh but yeah it was that whole time in your guys' history was crazy so Mm -hmm. after, after that record like was what was next like what did what I don't even know how to speak yo well, <laughs> i think so yeah you know what i'm saying
2: <clears throat> touching yeah. just a little bit more back to what you're talking like asked before and it's just transitioning into this like the local scene and stuff like when we put out decay and the shows we played during like that transition between decay to dissension like we're really good and i think the scene in general was super strong um Uh, There was lots of cool, fresh local bands coming around and keeping the scene um, fresh and stuff. By the time Dissension came out, the scene was still pretty strong, but it was starting to kind of like dissolve a little bit. (laughs) Right. Because in 2015, when we put out Dissension, we actually didn't play that many shows, but that was the first time we played a festival because we played Armstrong Fest. um, Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Which was really fun. So that was our first kind of exposure to um, something like largely outside of our city. We played, um, I think, around, oh, it was in, so yeah, that was the first time we played outside of our city. And then uh, early 2016 was the second time we played outside of our city, which was Kelowna. Um, right. So we were just kind of starting to get our feelers out there. We played a uh, Kelowna with Gamora um, on their like little album run tour thing, and um, basically yeah. once 2016 hit, we all decided that we really, you know, from the reception that Ange- that the Dissentient had received online numbers and you know all that, that like I think um, we could uh, start touring. So we all buckled down and tried to make it happen i mean weirdly enough the first tour we did was booked by dallas so you know and and and, (laughs) and then
1: that's so fucking weird
2: i know (laughs) yeah i mean to (laughs) be honest it was great it was fine it was a good tour i'm not gonna like say anything about it it was fine it was for the first tour we did it was great we We had a blast the first time we met falsifier like those shout out to those boys like brothers for life like absolutely love those guys yeah if there's you know a best friend band you could have that's probably them <laughs> um you know they did our first two big tours with us so that's like memories forever but um yeah yeah like the the first canada tour was good it was a little rocky we had some issues with just like some off days you know some shows just were like eh, kind of like whatever but um the first u.s tour we did which was um the first time talking to booking agents and stuff like that. That was the first time I met Seth, who yeah. um, we ended up starting to work with. But Mark Joe Man. Yeah, the tour was uh, co-booked by two different um, booking agents, uh, Chad Lawton and Seth Stone or Stevens, whatever he wants to go by. Uh, shout out to Seth. <laughs> Seth. But, um, <laughs> Seth. Uh, yeah, uh, but... Um, Yeah, that was our first U.S. tour, and Seth and Chad took a gamble on us, and you know it was a headliner, so it was you know big expectations for a band that had never been to the U.S. And we had some really cool supports, Filth and False Fire and Extortionists. Shout out to all those guys; they were fucking awesome. Um, But yeah, that was I think that twenty like as as monumental as putting out the album was in twenty fifteen and the reception it got that. First year we toured in 2016 was really a big year because those first two tours that we did really like set a standard for you know what we could do and then that was when we got the interest to do Summer Slaughter and mm-hmm. that whole thing and then that's when everything really kind of started to skyrocket for us.
0: Right. Yeah. Can you can you talk about Summer Slaughter a bit just because that was kind of a unique thing that ended up happening and in- Can
3: I, can I say the funny story that happened Mike, Is that is that kosher? <laughs> yeah i don't care <laughs> it's okay, no, it, it's just okay it, this is really really cool like it, we this has always been the wildest thing like because some is totally... people
2: never believe us that we didn't bullshit like they, <laughs> people always say oh they bought on the summer slaughter and this and that <laughs> okay and whatever so
3: we're 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 three quarters of the way through our first uh u.s tour and i remember mike getting off the phone uh with seth and he's like yo like uh like you got to talk to seth with me like this is like crazy so like seth basically tells us he's like hey so i've been talking to the founder of uh summer slaughter tour. he's the he he, he's the head of uh sumerian yeah um and he wants to chat with you guys about uh you know he's like because this tour has been doing really well like there's some eyes on you and so basically like he wants to chat with you long story short i don't want to get too into it because i don't remember every detail but what ended up happening uh, is I, I the fact that, it, that right. the, the, the head of sumerian records said to us that he will put us on summer slaughter that summer if we signed to sumerian records yeah and it was like holy fuck because we knew black dahlia murder was going to be cuz they're like oh just so you know the the dates like, the, yeah, they were like, like
2: just so you know yeah, like, like, <laughs> been announced
3: yet. it hadn't been announced yet and they're like just so you know like black dahlia murder's headlining doing their 10 year anniversary of nocturnal like, no, this, no like, big, big faceless, deal no big the deal the Faceless, oceano like but we're like <laughs> so all of our favorite bands like ever best 10 uh, year nocturnal anniversary like we're like is this actually happening so we so we had this like talk i, mean, I remember like, he was like, So what? Like, so do we deep. sign to Sumerian? So like, deep. but like, this is weird. Like, th- this is a defining moment for us. Like, because we could have it all right now, but is it what's best? And I don't really know. I, there was no one, no, there was no one going to him in one direction. It was kind of, it felt like very much we were all just decided, like, no, nope. like, we're going to continue to be independent. Um, We definitely, like, I, I don't know if, Mike, you remember any details from that. <laughs> part,
2: but- I, I, no, I don't really rem- remember anything like, particularly like i do remember everyone having a big i
4: remember it was a very one-sided conversation like we were all like you know what like we could take this offer and do this right now but we're better than this and we're on the up like we all got this we were all behind each other
2: Fair, fair yeah i I do remember us being (laughs) kind of like well you know it happens every year so you know, if this isn't the
3: year, then next year it'll happen. Kind yeah, of. I don't think right. that really felt. So, like so then, that what moment. happened is we come home. So we said not no, we're all. not going to sign to Sumerian. And like, so that was it. And 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 forget about it. We're not going to be on Summer Slaughter, and that's fine. Um, it was like a month, I think, after we got you know, home. Honestly,
2: I don't think it was a whole month. It was like it was like a few weeks, like two weeks, because it was almost at the end of the tour when we got that offer. I think we were in Toronto. Was yeah. when I first had the call because I remember we were loading in the back of that venue that we just played. I think.
3: Yeah. Um, so, yeah.
2: And I got like I don't know. So we we were we were closing in on the last leg. I think.
3: And so it was about like I think like a month after we got home from tour. Do you think? Yeah. When So a month a we, month after we get home from tour, so we, we said no at that time, and then like a month after we got home from that tour. Um, randomly, just like randomly, Mike calls me and he's like, Yo, have you been on the internet today yet? I'm like, I just woke up. <laughs> Mike's like, dude, like, look at this. And he yeah, he's like, he's like, We're part of like some like voting thing, like to get on Summer Slaughter. And I'm like, What? Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm like, is it real? <laughs> like, is it real? Is yeah, it Yeah, we were kinda like I was even when I woke up, I was like,
2: what is this nobody's told me anything (laughs) because they would (laughs) have emailed us
3: they would have told us like hey you're gonna be on this voting thing to be on summer slaughter so like heads up like nothing we didn't hear anything from sumerian no one messaged us all of a sudden the summer slaughter page was like posted these 10 bands that you could vote for to be on that year's summer slaughter and it had like
2: their labels beside them and there was only like two bands that were unsigned and it was just like yeah angel maker and this other band and i think they're they're members of a band that signed i think it was like at the time it might have been like circuit of the sun or something like that or
4: yeah 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 they're all guys from texas yeah
2: yeah but um Yeah, I don't yeah. know.
3: Yeah, so we, we got on, so we're, we're like, okay, like, I guess this is legit. Like, I guess we should start promoting this to get well, like, voted I on. Well, I think
2: we had a second, like, there was a split second thought where it was like, do we promote this? Because if, if we win, we have to do it. <laughs> like,
3: yeah, and it it's, was, it's a month away. And like, it was, we yeah, visas. It was, we didn't even know how,
2: yeah, like, we didn't, yeah. visas, everything. Like, it, it wasn't just that we did, we wanted to do it. It was like, can we do it? Can yeah. we do if it? Cause we, if you promote if it, it and then you win and it's like, well, we weren't even ready at all. It was like, yeah, yeah. fuck. So it was like the split second decision was like, well fuck i guess i could make the merch happen and like i think it was casey you and i had first con- con- like conversed about like getting of a- like the visas like ready and that whole process and I was like well I-, I think we could do it if we just oh, man.
4: i was trailblazing that was- oh yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man getting like uh members of socan and everything and
2: yeah busting that shit all out like God, in-, in, the- in, the- in the middle of kind of like nowhere just being like okay well yeah like fuck i guess we're paying the rush fee like like let's make it happen like let's fucking tour like and like that it's not like we hadn't done a tour before because we did the other ones but it was just kind of like well you have a month and yeah. you might not win like you might not know if you're going yeah you don't know if you're <laughs> yeah. gonna do
3: it and like if you're doing it you're going we got to go like full in because this, this is going to be like the biggest tour <laughs> yeah for us so
2: for uh, that
4: all I did was work and then I played drums for like six hours a day. And then I would like cry and play for another hour and then go to sleep.
3: <laughs> That's It was all crazy. I did. So like, That's so then, yeah, we, we, we started <laughs> promoting like the whole voting thing. Uh, we had no idea how well we were going to do. We didn't know like how our fans were going to like how they were going to support us and how many were like even new or, but at that time, like Facebook, like the algorithm was quite a bit different. And like, we had a ton of reach on our page oh, at yeah. that time. Like so perfect, like this, like the, the stars had kind of aligned yeah. for us to, to try and win this because we were against uh, some big bands like uh, Zenith Passage and like, uh, yeah, Zenith uh, Passage. Uh, the other big one was um um Jungle, Jungle
2: Rock, yeah,
3: yeah, like it? big bigger those, death metal those bands. Those
2: two, it was like, you know, it was kind of like whoa, yeah, like because they were already very established bands. And yeah. yeah, I think yeah. like Colton mentioned before, I think that the big thing in that direct Scenario was we really kind of had the edge on social media at that time. We really were like you know part of like the little bit younger generation a little bit more youthful. We were like on top of the memes and just doing some other like shit and like a lot of bands around that time were doing like the tag for tag and share for share and like like Colton said the algorithms were just like really different, and <laughs> we had kind of like made our way into that world a little bit and yeah we uh we won the spot and yeah. That was life changing. That was for us. so crazy, man. Yeah. yeah.
3: Now you're going to tour with fucking your favorite bands. Like, yeah. And that also, is- you have two weeks to prepare. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, yeah it was so intense. I it was like pretty much a blur at this point. I remember being so fucking nervous. Oh yeah. Showing up to the first date and being like, "That's like, I remember fucking tour bus over there."
4: I was so nervous every fucking day until the second the last show was done.
3: Yeah, it, the whole tour—it's like it never, it never got old because the shows were huge. Like yeah. the crowds were fucking biggest crowds we've played consistently. And we weren't used to
2: things like either. Like you know, now that we have toured a bit more, it's issues that present itself on stage that you're ready for. Yeah. We, it's not to say we weren't ready for them, and we rolled with the punches on that tour. There were so many things that like kind of were like, oh shit, and like it's happening, and like we just made it work and you know never stopped playing and stuff but um you know at the at the time it was like everything was so stressful like that to everything it was opening something fucks up you're like what (laughs) 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 because
3: we knew how important it was like we're like like we're the opening band on this insane package and we have so much to prove and like all the guys in the package were so good, and like that's what made it doable. I think was like all the good times we were having in between, and feeling like included, and in like having support from those bigger bands. Like we became really close with like betraying the martyrs immediately, and like they were so supportive of us. Like yo, you guys sounded rings like, of Saturn. So, yeah, rings of Saturn. Like you guys sound so sick tonight. Like and you're like what like even what? the, like, the faceless was...
2: that was the first time like because right after that tour pretty much we did like that tour with the faceless and like we just had like a really good time with like, pretty much all the bands who yeah. were on that tour like lorna shore and you know like oh yeah um, lorna uh, like, like Orna, origin was Oceana, on that tour like, we already played a bunch of shows with origin like or actually did we, did we just meet origin on that tour or yeah that was it yeah, yeah that's that, what we, they, were, they became our dads bond. they were our dads like <laughs> that was the first time we met bryce like yeah
3: so many so many connections yeah. from that one tour and people we still talk to um and um from that tour. it was like a it was like a boot camp we, we decided stage like, manager, that's, that's, bro I yeah his name man what's <laughs> his name casey man. don't
4: get me started about this what's his name
2: what was his five name fucking minutes
4: <laughs> i had eight yeah. fucking minutes
2: slayer stage manager guy
4: dude that guy made us like season vets
2: he, he he was like, yeah, that was the first time, and honestly, I think the only tour since that time that I've ever been on a tour with a stage manager like that. Like, if you were over by like a fucking when
3: I say five he, minutes, it means five fucking minutes. Yeah, he he's was, like, if you
2: go, if you guys go over one more fucking time, he's like, I'm, he's like, he's like, uh, oh, you, dude, you, you yeah. and I dude, think Johnny, you get that now because of the Vogue and everything, and yeah. and I working at the Vogue, we get it, but it's like it's a really
0: eye-opening experience especially for you guys at that time too like this is like the industry this is like what can happen this is the people you can work with are these motherfuckers that are like you got to be like this but at the end of the day it's only going to make you better right yeah yeah. Like it
3: definitely we got whipped into shape right?
0: yeah and that's good and like yeah like what mike was saying like you guys have worked with me before too when we're doing shows like you know you see those people all the fucking time yeah And it's just how it is. Some are good and some are intense. It's just the way it's just interesting.
2: In the in the metal industry, there's a lot of like casualness. Like everything's serious because it's metal. It's fucking dead, you know, it's super serious. (laughs) But it's it's very chill too. And it's just like, you know, I think that in itself is its own um, worst enemy at times where, you know, metal bands can be perceived as like lazy or like, you know, everything's just too casual or too chill but it was a really good learning experience right off the bat doing a big tour like that. That was just like, no, it's not. If you're on top of your shit and you make everything go and you make it all like run smooth and like, this is how it should be going. And it's like clockwork. And it's like, it's like butter every day. She's just like, you know, smooth as can be like that's A lot of bands. Smooth so many bands. Because of how it was kind of ran. And it kind of set an example, at least for me to move, You know forward and and plan tours as much as like possible and you make everything like super smooth
1: right and you
0: guys have done some awesome tours since that time too and yeah and like you guys have been through a lot um since then as well like a lot of stuff has happened that has you know was really hard for you guys i know but in the end has made you guys stronger as people and stronger as a band
4: for sure um
0: you know I'm really excited for the future of what we are going to do. Um, like looking at, you know, everything you guys have done, like, I don't know, like I only see everything going up from here. Um, and yeah, like what, what do you guys see like the future being like for
4: this band pretty much
1: now that Johnny has infiltrated,
4: honestly, honestly, but if, if I'll put one piece in real quick, like I have never been more excited to try and work towards new music and a new future for the band. Like, it's... I feel incredibly motivated every day to come back and play my drums. And Johnny, you keep on feeling the fire. Everyone's feeling the fire. And there's, you know, a real feel of professionalism and care in the air. And I feel like, you know, everyone's chipping in a lot more than we have in the past when it gets mm-hmm. to the slow seasons, etc. Yeah, we're definitely, like, on each other's shit and, like, making sure this actually works.
2: Yeah especially given the scenario we're all in right now it's like instead of like and lots of bands are working really hard but instead of slowing down you know you yeah. adjust and move forward
0: yeah you adapt and improve on mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. your current situation
4: yeah fact, but i think going no, back only up
2: it, only up yeah. for sure. i think going back to your question though like i think a little bit like um i i mean immediate goals i'd like to see us Tour Europe. Um, I really wanted to do that this year. Um, some stuff fell through. You know, obviously some stuff fell through, but Europe <laughs> a little bit. awesome. Um, I still think uh, touring Asia would be s- like a dream come true. You know, play Japan, something like that. I think those are, at least for me, a bit more immediate, immediate goals. Um, we have some other stuff in the works that I'm sure, you know,
3: should be coming around sooner than later. But um, I think... Um I think the next album we put out like with you now being in the band is probably going to be like our most insane album of like, it's going to be like, I already feel it. Like, Mm -hmm. and we have so much time to like, like throw this like get all the we've got all the ingredients like we we we, we we've, we're throwing it in the slow cooker we got we got the slow cooker this year right because we're not touring we have all this time to like spend into like chat and talk and like the slow cookers on low we're fucking chilling with this shit at the end of the year like when we like it, it's it's cooking right now and like i feel it the tunes are going to be insane. I can't wait because mm-hmm. I know I'm going to have to be patient. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad at being patient. I want to get shit done. But, dude. <laughs> I it, I have this time. I know how much time we have. I want <clears throat> to get shit done, but like it's about pain. Like, I ha- I just want to listen to it already. And I because I know it's <laughs> I, I can see it. Like I want to already hear our new album uh, because uh, I just know it's going to be so sick. I'm really, really excited uh, about our next album. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: we have a lot of stuff. Already, already. Yeah. already. It's so. just
3: gonna get so it's gonna get finessed, dude. Like Mike you know, <laughs> in, in we oh I'm very excited about <laughs> the music I'm and obviously touring. I'm, I'm just trying not to think about touring right now because like it's, it's, it seems like it seems so far away and it is. So I, am just not teasing myself. <laughs> I'm with Mike though. Like we're doing Europe when it's, whenever it's yeah. safe and possible, like we're fucking hitting Europe and we're, we're doing like a
2: headliner. That was a plan for this year too. Like
3: <laughs> on like,
2: you know, not talking album stuff, but tour stuff. And whenever it happens, like Colton said, not try to get t- hopes up too much, but the plan was a headliner tour and because it's been a minute since we did one and then yeah europe and maybe asia but uh we'd like to get back to europe and uh do a headliner through the u.s and in canada and and maybe get something going through through there and put out some new music and do all the cool stuff Let it do.
0: <laughs> get her done yeah no. i mean
2: we got the time
0: so But uh, yeah, guys, like we could, uh, there was stuff that we kind of brushed over that um, I would have liked to really talk about, but I know we're running short on time today. Uh, So we'll have to have the homies back on again. Yeah, definitely. uh, We'll have to do this again. Discuss some more stuff for sure. Yeah, Um, for sure. But yeah, thank you guys for coming on and doing this with us. We did have a lot of people uh, asked to have Angel Maker on. Um, so hopefully this you know scratches that itch for those peeps if not we're gonna do it again so fuck it yeah yeah, um, yeah there's uh, just yeah.
1: plenty more stuff we can talk about so plenty of time for a future
2: yeah. episode for sure
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, yeah thanks for coming boys i uh, appreciate it a lot we both
2: appreciate it yeah thank you guys so much no thank Otherwise. you guys thank you for having us thank
4: you. that was
0: awesome <laughs> thank you dope so that was angel maker um it's pretty great man they have a lot of things they can talk about um and that kind of got brushed over um but like we said we'll, we will talk to them again and kind of get a little yeah. bit more in depth on some stuff particular tours and all that um they have had also, a lot of highlights but they have had some low lights too that have affected yeah. them pretty uh pretty drastically but mm-hmm. they've uh, done very well since
1: yeah and we didn't really talk about their last album at all so there's ten- definitely plenty of material to uh, continue talking to them about and uh, if that interests you guys definitely let us know and if it doesn't interest you uh, we are probably gonna do it anyway so just, uh, hopefully you liked it <laughs> um,
0: yeah so in terms of uh, what we're doing next for the next little month of the podcast um, I'm, I'm pretty busy through the middle of the month so I don't know if we're going to be able to do one. So we might miss one uh, in between and then I'm moving at the end. So yeah. uh might take maybe a two week break or something like that. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what we can do.
1: And uh, also this one is going to be uploaded a bit later than normal. We've been pretty good with sticking to Saturday, Sunday uploads. But right now uh, at the time of filming this, it's like 10 p.m. on Friday. So there's like no way I'm going to have this done by tomorrow uh obviously and then we're i'm doing a bunch of other stuff this weekend so i just can't do it right so it'll be a bit later by the time you guys hear this um and then yeah johnny you said you're going away like june 10th or something like
0: that 14th to the 20th
1: okay so we might be we probably won't get another one in until after you get back from that so we might only have two this month um and then johnny's moving after that as well so we'll see how it is but we'll 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 do what we can
0: we'll see what's up if there's anybody that you guys want us to get on let us know and you know we'll see if we can make it happen as well yeah um, with our resources that we have um also apologies for the last podcast i know <laughs> that it was quiet i edited this time it was my first time editing the podcast um so yeah sorry that it was quiet it won't be quiet anymore it'll be fucking super loud so. yeah
1: we're working on Figuring out a way that both Johnny and I can edit because oops, I just fucked my mic up uh, Because up until the last one I had edited all of them, but I just can't really handle that workload So we're gonna try and split that a little more evenly Um, So yeah, that's pretty much what happened there, but no big deal We'll we'll make like a template and share it so that it's a little more consistent or something like that uh, in the future I Um, just wanted to say sorry (laughs) It's okay, man (laughs)
0: If he wants to do trivia again tell us because i like trivia that was fun yeah
1: it ended up being pretty fun oh by the way apparently we were both wrong so i don't know if that counts as a negative point to me i'm still gonna say i won but uh so post malone didn't uh what did he do he didn't audition for capture the crown which is what i said he auditioned for crown the empire
0: what did i say we came as romans yeah Oh, okay. So, so I think I fuck- How did what how did you looked it up? How did you I, get I know.
1: I, I think I literally have it written down as Crown the Empire, but I saw like Crown, so my brain just went like, yeah, capture the crown. I, I don't fucking know. Everyone's just listening to the podcast being like, you're both fucking wrong. <gasps> you're wrong about everything, but you also complain about all the comments that are wrong on all of your things, and it's very ironic and I'm very upset.
0: We're only human, guys. So <laughs> sorry. We
1: make mistakes. I'm an idiot. We're both idiots. Yeah. Terrible people. Yeah. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. Um that's all I got to say. See you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye.